And I just got lucky that I had the right look at the right time, which is a big part of finding an agency. Like you could be the most beautiful person in the world, but if they already have you, mm -hmm. they don't need you, you know? And you're a realist realtor who used to act, you know? Sure. So I think you have to be really careful with what your side job is because if it's at all enticing or comfortable, that hustle, that fire is gonna be gone. Welcome everyone to 1000 Failures. This is episode eight. I'm your host, Darius Marcellin, and this is Becoming an Actor. Uh, so happy to have everyone locked on because I've seen this show grow just as much as I have in the past seven episodes and it's been phenomenal. Today on my show, I have Michael Gable coming on and he's a professional model. And I know it's always something that you hear, I'm a model, but he actually is a professional model, AKA his bills are paid by modeling and doing model and print jobs. Um, he doesn't do run walking down runways or anything like that on New York Fashion Week. But he does jobs that you see on your laptop when you go to buy something online. And it's he's that guy wearing the shorts or the polo t-shirt. And those jobs pay $1,500 a day minimum. So Michael's going to show you how he's become a professional model. And a lot of that has to do with him overcoming fear. And today's subtopic is overcoming fear um, man fear is that one thing that keeps us back and keeps us in shackles on our feet and prevents us from moving towards our dreams or the life that we like to live or traveling or or losing weight or getting into acting or putting out a music album that only five people listen to Fear is something that keeps you back from doing your dream. And we can, there are two types of people in this world. People who go after their dreams, people who can taste, feel, see their dreams, people who live their dreams. And then there are people who live a life full of fear. Live a life full of being held back. Live a life that they could never go after their dreams because the outside factors outweigh their desire to achieve their goals and their dreams. And fear is normal. <laughs> People think that, that billionaires or the top actors in the world or the top singers in the world didn't have to overcome fear and still are not dealing with fear. Everybody deals with fear. And I think not enough people say that enough. Not enough people say that they're afraid. I'm gonna say for one, I was super afraid to move to Los Angeles at first. I was super afraid of the unknown. I was super afraid of being hungry. I was super afraid of not earning income. And when I booked my plane ticket, it was me just going head first into fear and booking that plane ticket, I then started to figure everything out. I was like, okay, you have a plane ticket now, you have a date, now you can start figuring things out. And that's how you overcome fear, by just doing, by doing some sort of action. So this week, I implore everybody listening to this episode 
to do one thing, even if it's to lose weight or start in gym, and you're afraid that you'd fail or you're afraid of, of failing yourself, you're afraid of everyone saying, yeah, look, you're trying again. Like, just go after it today. Go after yourself making monologues as an actor, putting out self-tapes, and letting everybody see it. If you're an artist or singer, they go after yourself making a new album, putting it out there on SoundCloud, reposting it on Facebook or Instagram. Let people know who you are. Don't be afraid of yourself. If you have talent, put it out there. If you're a dancer, don't be afraid to take the next step or try something else. If you're a business owner or if you want to open a business, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to have a business, start it, and it fail. Yeah, I'm not saying to go jump wild into opening a business without any sort of foundation. But I'm saying if it's your dream and your passion, do one thing slowly to work towards that dream and that goal. Just walk straight into fear and everything else will fall into place. So today Michael is going to show you how he walked into fear to becoming a professional model and all the stuff that he had to deal with and to show you that fear is normal and we all deal with fear. So, just not a lot of people talk about it, but it's normal, it's there. I have fear, Michael across here has fear, and it's something that we all deal with. So, it's okay to be afraid, just walk straight into it. And yeah, and if you're listening to this episode today, um, I'm, all, the only thing I could ask of you is if you could just reshare this on Instagram or leave a comment in the podcast app so that I know, you know, what you had to overcome or how this episode helped you out a little bit. And um, and that's it. We'll go straight into it. Michael's going to talk about how much professional models earn. He's going to give us some figures. Uh, he's going to tell us how he got started into it. And, um, and if you stay tuned to the end, we have, you know, a couple, few secrets between Michael and I on to how we book jobs and little techniques that we use to in castings to to nail it or nail a callback. So with no more time wasted, I'm gonna jump right into this podcast, episode eight, with my boy Michael. Michael, you ready? All right, let's do this. Sweet. Blast right, off. We are live. Nice. Cheers, man. Michael, cheers, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I was listening to your podcast. Yeah. You have that silky uh, voiceover voice. I don't, it, I'm still getting used to hearing my voice. I'm yeah. not, I don't do a ton of like, I mean, most of the commercial stuff I do, like it, there's rarely any dialogue. So it's right. so bizarre hearing yourself and then going back and editing it and like just trying to pretend yeah. like you're someone else, you know, yeah. it's a little stressful, but it's good. I think I also like focusing on just the way I speak. And trying not to say like and um and you know yeah, those, you start to those. notice it the more you listen to it. Right from my first episode to now, yeah. I have seen me say like and um a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a learning curve, and we're both on this yeah, together. For sure. That's why I like too that we're on this together, and a lot of people feel with this podcast. It's just people on your podcast. Yeah. Um, 
just people getting on this train and we're all just riding it together. Some of us may be good at, at the front and some of us may be good at stuff in the back, but mm-hmm. we're all on the same train together. So it's kind of cool and it's relatable. Um, yeah, I mean, I, people say like success is a ladder, but I think of it as a cargo net. So like there's a million ways to the top and you can kick someone in the face, you can give them a boost up, you can right. go side by side, you know, so it's it's not this like, it's me or no one mentality, right. you know, it's, we can all make it to the top, there's plenty of room. So yeah. it's nice to meet people who feel the same way, you know? Same, same, same. Yeah. How, um, tell us about how you got to LA and, and your trip of, of being a, a male model, <laughs> a male model. So I didn't, most people think like, oh, you must have moved to LA to do this stuff and I didn't at all. Because I, you're pretty. <laughs> I did. Or they just think models come to LA because, right. you know, there's, especially now in the age of Instagram, like I think more and more people are coming to LA with the stars in their eyes. So they just assume. But I, after college, I took a job in the Middle East in Jordan right. working for a theme park design company. I heard that on your Yeah, yeah, which I was literally living the roller coaster tycoon lifestyle. It was crazy. And I studied architecture and fine art. So it was a chance to travel and be creative. I couldn't say no. But I also knew it wasn't really my dream, even though it was a dream job for someone. And my company was opening an office in LA because the whole theme park industry is here. So I sort of finagled away to get transferred to LA. And my, my secret plan was to work, the, work the, my, do my time in LA at the company, then try to maybe move towards like production design and get on set and see what I liked about being on set and if I really wanted to take the leap into the talent stuff. Um, and I sort of just skipped that step. I ended up quitting my job at the theme park company to, to finish the book I was writing. And while I was finishing that book, I was kind of doing some side hustles, like freelance graphic design, web design, just like putting my creative talents to use and then fell into modeling and just ran with it. What age were you when you came across to LA? I was 20, I think I turned, turned 24 right after I moved to LA. So 23, 24. Oh, as, as young. Yeah, but also think about people who start modeling at 13, 15, 18. You know, it's, it's late in the game for... But even you have a serious job. Like LA, having a serious job yeah. is like a big deal because yeah. no one has... I was telling someone recently, it's like no one has a direct deposit every 15 days to your bank account and like... No, a, like or insurance. 9 to 5 commute. Right, yeah. right. It's always a you live as you go kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it's like that hustle. And we're going to talk about, you know we met on a set and yep. we're going to talk about how the life is of that hustle and how you took the faith, uh, the leap of faith. And it's like, you don't mind. No. You're with it. You're rocking with it, you know? So No, I like it. So you moved to LA yep. um, and you did a web design thing. You got into modeling and... Yep, just through friends. Uh, I have a friend, actually, I'm doing a podcast tonight with my buddy who's a photographer. Mm. His girlfriend's a model at Wilhelmina. They both are killing it. And the, his girlfriend, his wife now, was like, oh, the Skechers is looking for this extra runner one day on set. Like, can you do a job for 500 bucks? And I was like, yeah, I'll do a, a job, job for 500 bucks. <laughs> and that was my first job. And it was me and six other professional models. And I was like, oh, I'm in the big leagues here. Yeah. So I just like stepped it up, hit my marks, and then got an agent from that creative director from Skechers. And then, you know, it's been years of building up my portfolio. And now I'm a full-time model, so. Did, did you have like that stigma of, you you had your nine to five job, but yeah. becoming a male model, you know, that doesn't sound masculine. Yeah. You know, for a lot of dudes, it's like, that doesn't sound too masculine, but 
it, there's a market for us because no one thinks that you know everyone thinks it's so yeah. not that masculine. I won't say it's not feminine, but well, it's, it's like it's not also, what we think of to be masculine thing to do. Yeah, it's not like a, you're not working with your hands. You're not right. doing construction. Like, you're not like you're not kicking a ball. You're people don't think you're using your brain. Like I come from a pretty academic background. Both my parents are doctors, so like oh, when people tell me when I tell people I'm a model, it's like. <laughs> I can see in their eyes, like, oh, this guy's dumb. This guy's a dick. Like, he's just vain. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not. You know, I'm smart and I work hard and I just have a job that's a lot of fun. And people don't understand that about it. You know, right. they don't get I that. I can't wait to talk about how fun this shit is. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, you know, we met on set and we had a great time and now we're doing a podcast because we're both happy and stoked and it's, on it's, our lives. It's like 2 12 yeah. on Monday afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> we are doing this right now, right? Yeah, we're not at work. We're not at work. But, but this we is also cool. are at work, yeah. yeah. So it's good and bad because people people think this is, I won't give it two sides. People think that this is glamorous. Not being in an office is glamorous. Yeah. But for us, we still live a life on the edge where it's nothing's guaranteed. Mm-mm. You know, nothing's guaranteed. The next week isn't guaranteed. Yeah. You know, I asked you, what was your next job? And you're like, I don't know. I might have this, this, but yeah. then after that, I don't know, you know? Yeah. So it's nothing's guaranteed. But whereas if you have a nine-to-five job, like, you do what you're supposed to do, it's guaranteed. Right. You know, so it, it's a double-edged sword. And you say, like, if, you know, it's Monday, and, you know, I had a long weekend, and I was with my girlfriend, and I was playing baseball and doing weekend stuff. And then Monday rolls around, and I have, like, one casting and a podcast, and I'm like, shit. Like, I wish, like, you, you kind of wish you had a guaranteed work yeah. waiting for you. But that hunger and that eagerness to work is what I think, what I, what I fall back on, like, oh, I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. Like, I'm, I want the work. Yeah. I'm not like, great, I have nothing to do Monday. Like, f*** this casting, I'm going to skip it. Yeah. Uh, I want, you know, I want more you work. Want more work. Yeah. yeah, so that's... These agencies, casting agencies, we want more work over here. Yeah, by the way, over here. <laughs> I'm available to pop in. I'll rip this microphone off. <laughs> yeah, so, so, all right, you're signing up to be a model. Yeah. Um, what is that like? Like you have to take pictures, turn left, turn right. Yeah, I things. mean, so at first I started with a fitness agency, and they yeah. they brought me in. I had long hair at the was time. That, was that from Sketchers? That was from Sketchers, right, cool. and um, they brought me in, and I had lo- I had like a man bun at the time. That was when the man bun man thing bun was, was just taken off. What year was that? This is 2012. Man bun was taken off. So, you so were like, like, you I was were at the like forefront shit, of it. Right? Yeah. yeah, and they're like, we want, we like your look. You have scruff. You have a long hair. Like you're kind of a lean. I was a lot skinnier then. Like you're a lean runner. And I just got lucky that I had the right look at the right time, which is a big part of finding an agency. Like, you could be the most beautiful person in the world, but if they already have you, mm-hmm. they don't need you, you know? Cool. So, um, and they were like, yeah, give us photos of whatever you have, whatever sports you can do, rock climbing, biking, you know? And so this is 2012. Like, Instagram wasn't what it is now, so no one had really good photos of themselves. Right. It was all, like, from Facebook profile photo. You know, no right. one had good photos. Right. So... The, when I look back at the photos I sent in to them at first, they're so bad. It's like, <laughs> it's a joke. But they saw some promise in me, and then I booked a few jobs. And then it's that game of you gotta you gotta shoot the work you want to book. So you gotta work with photographers to do test shoots where it's they get the images for their portfolio, you get the images for their por- your portfolio. Mm. No one pays any money, but you need the images in your portfolio that represent what you can do, what you what your skills are, but also what, what kind of jobs you want. So if you want to shoot with running companies, you have to have running photos that look oh, like ads, oh. 
showcase your form, showcase your look, your physicality, your musculature, because they're not going to see you as just a guy on the street in normal clothes and say, I bet he'd look great in running shorts, you know, like as the sun is rising over the mountains. Like you need to show them that you can do that mm -hmm. before they take a chance on you because there's a lot of money on the line in ads and modeling like they don't want to take risks. It's just like it's just like acting where everything is, has to be based on an already proven product. That's why everything's based on this TV show or this book that was already successful because they don't want to take risks, right. you know? All right. So, so in order for you to start your, well, your modeling career, you yeah. have to have those looks that look exactly like the jobs you want to go off. Go you got to start moving towards that. So you least. have to like, so you, I, if I were starting off, I would have to get, do test shoots. Mm -hmm. Because I hear test shoots before. I'm not in that modeling world. Yeah. So I hear test you shoots. You are, but you, you, you uh, say you're not. Yeah. Everybody, let me again. That test shoot, like, like, so you have to set up test shoots. Yeah, and your agency will help with that, but also uh, just reaching out on Instagram, connecting with photographers whose work you like, and saying, hey, are you looking to do a test? And, like, they might need, like, oh, I want to do this outdoorsy shoot that looks like a Jeep ad. And if if you do that for me, then I'll take some running photos for you. Uh, and it's just, like, oh, yeah, it's just connections. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, and those shots, your agent takes those shots, and then they send them to the ad companies? Yeah, they put them in your portfolio. Oh. And so when they're submitting... Um, you know, a client calls and says, show us 10 runners. And they oh, have to send, the they say, here's our 10 best runners. Here are their portfolios. And then they pick, you know, they pick and then you might get a direct booking that way. Or you might use one of those photos as your profile photo on a casting website. And mm -hmm. then, you know, it's like, I like casting or whatever. So they see you running and it's a running commercial and then they bring you in for an audition. But it's, you got to have the, the first image to get you in the door, right. no matter what. All right. So you understood that or your agent helped you? Uh, I mean, I thought... When I signed with my sports agency, SLU, I was like, well, I'm a model now. I'm just going to be, <laughs> I had no clue how it worked. You think, oh, they just realized I'm beautiful. And like, I just, now I'm right. a model. I'm going to make a ton of money and be on billboards. But right. maybe that happens for some people. You hear about like Giselle getting discovered in a McDonald's in Brazil when she was 14. But it didn't happen for me that way. You know, right. you had, I had to figure out that there's 90% of the work is on my end right. before. And then the 10% of the work is what I get paid for. So... It's a lot of hustle, yeah. Yeah, um, I had no clue about the test shooting. Yeah. I hear people say test shots, and I'm like, ah, I'd have to go down to downtown to shoot. Yeah, it's free. Right, right, you gotta, right. You got to skip a casting. You got to block out time. Right. So as, a, as an actor, um, the reason why I thought you'd be such a good fit and you're not you're not nowhere close to being you don't even want to be in this the acting space or like that's not your main focus. It's not my main focus right my now. Main yeah. focus, but... You're open to it, yeah. and it shows that like modeling is another avenue that you could fuse it to. Yeah, because modeling goes from print to also commercial commercials, work. yeah. And then being on sets with commercial work, it then could translate to even more stuff. Yeah. Um, what's your thought process, and what's what? Do you, what's your plan in terms of like your career? You have, I know you're doing like your print work and your commercial work. Yeah. Is it is doing TV and film something that you're thinking of or like you're thinking yeah. you do a little bit more? I mean, so when I was a kid, I was in St. Louis, Missouri, which is nowhere near Hollywood. Right. But I remember when I was a kid, there were two things I wanted to be. I wanted to be a jet pilot or like, cause I saw Top Gun and I was like, I want to do that. Right. Or I wanted to be an actor and it wasn't, I knew nothing about how it worked. I didn't even think it was a possibility, but it's just one of those things as a kid, you see it and you're like, I want to be on there. Right. And I remember I went to camp, uh, I went to this circus camp. I was an only child, so I went to all these weird camps. 
and there was this kid who we'd always catch him picking his nose, so we called him Booger Boy. And he, you know, so we're mean kids. Like he, we made fun of him, but then there was an ad for a local car commercial on TV, and I saw him in the ad, and I was so <laughs> jealous of him. And like it's just that that feeling of like just raw envy. I was like, even this kid, like Booger Boy, like he's doing something I want to be doing. Right. And then I, I took drama classes in middle school and high school, and I had teachers who said, "You're really good at this. Like you should audition for." plays or you know get into children's theater and we just didn't know how it worked so we never really pursued it mm-hmm. um and then i took an acting class the end of college and i kind of always wanted to do it was a little too scared didn't think it was a realistic you know path right. and halfway through the class the we sat down for our midterm review and the professor was like you know i was a little worried about you at first you kind of came in like you were too cool for school i was you know older than everyone mm-hmm. and he's like but you're good at this. So he's like, you could do this if you want to, but that's the key, you have to want to. And that just kind of kept that little spark while I was went to Jordan to work in theme park design. And still in the back of my mind, I was like, I wanna get on set and see if I can do this thing. Right. And yeah, I'm like, I act in commercials, which is a you know the lowest rung of acting. But look at any celebrity's career, like Leonardo DiCaprio was in a cheese commercial when he was 10. And then he was on a TV show and then Gilbert Grape and Titanic. and. You know, a lot of people move to LA and they think they're going to be Brad Pitt overnight, but it's there's very clear right. steps up that you know, rungs up that cargo net of success. So, and, and as well too, commercial work. Yeah, I would say I was telling somebody like if you took a percentage of people who, were, if I'm a professional commercial actor, and if I'm a, I'm not even talking about TV, but just feature films and, and movies, and if I'm a movie actor, yeah. Um, you probably make more money as a commercial actor. And this could go into a long debate behind the back ends of what's residuals. But yeah, it's changing. Um, looking at what I've made on commercials and what you get paid on a day rate of, unless you're like a, a big A-list or B-list yeah, star, like a you're series a regular, lump, a, yeah. A, a lump sum, just in the feature film movie, unless you're getting that up front, you're not, most probably not gonna get a back end on the movie. And you get that one thing and you may not work again for a long period of time, yeah. you know, you probably yeah. might be, end up doing plays and stuff and making small money. But as a commercial actor, there's always a commercial shoot every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you get that one, everyone in this industry knows what that one is. Mm-hmm. That one national commercial. Uh, Game changer. That's, that's, that could go well. It's five figures well into, sometimes into six figures. Yep. You know, that's um, rent. That's rent for a year, year more. That's rent for yeah. a year. Um, and a lot of people... A lot of people don't. I did not know that. Well, and I lived in New York City. I did not know that when yeah. I moved to LA. Like how much commercials paid, um, and it's and it's also a gap to get into this industry and understand. Sure. This is a set. This is. I'm a principal now. I'm a, I'm the lead guy on this commercial. Yeah, it's SAG national versus non-union, right. which is changing because those nationals that pay five figures are much rarer these days right. which is a whole debate with the union and whatnot right. but they happen right you know i've been lucky enough to book a couple and it's yeah. you're like this is gonna you know that that worry of when's my next job coming yeah. kind of goes away because you yeah. got some money in the bank and what, what was it what was the biggest one for you so i i booked a ford commercial and shout out to ford yes yeah, ford. and there's, there's, there's so many steps because like so you have the audition right. then you have the callback then you're on a veil then you get the booking then you get to set and it's yeah. like if you don't make the cut into the commercial if you know you get edited out 
you're not going to get paid. So yeah, you've booked a national, but you have to wait for it to come out. And I waited for months. It didn't come out. And I was like, okay, like I booked one, I got my day rate. Maybe I didn't make five figures, but feels good to have booked one. And then a month later, I saw myself in five different commercials because they had cut it into five. And that's when checks just start coming. And you're like, oh, like, thank God, you know? Right. So, so just, just to get it inside, I don't need the exact figure, but just give me a range from what a check is like. Yeah. Uh, just so people don't understand yeah. what a check is like from a commercial. It was, I got a cup, I got, you know, my day rate, and then that was the first check. Right. So, so you like, get like a day rate. Which is like 700 bucks or right. whatever. Yeah. Like everyone gets like a basic side mm-hmm. day rate. You get like a hundred or two hundred dollars for what your fit is or whatever. Yeah. But then the money comes in when it airs. When it airs, and then the more they use it, the more checks you get. So right. I got three checks over maybe three to six months that easily paid my rent for two years. So right. rent's not cheap in LA. So it's a lot of money, you know? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So you hear that. Yeah. Um, so and that's yeah. a day of work. That's one day of that's work. That's one day of work. And yeah. that's why I feel like. It's this information is now more broad and more privy to everyone because yeah. you see basketball players doing commercials. They're taking all our jobs. Yeah. Basketball players are doing it. All the uh, singers are yeah. on ads. Actors are now doing commercials. Yeah, like your favorite actor from a TV show you'll see doing an insurance right. commercial. Right, and a lot of times we, we never really saw that. It was just the regular yeah. Jews, regular us. Yeah. Um, and schools, a lot of, lot of uh, media out there. And I think because yeah. of social media, um, we also do get stuff for Instagram. Like I have done uh, stuff that airs that shows on Instagram mm-hmm. only. You know, um, I did like W Hotels. I just do all their like social media. So I'll be on yeah. their W Hotel yep. social media, and I get paid for that. And there's know? a ton of that. It's all it's all online only, social right. media only. It's hard to find. But <laughs> at the end of the day, you're on set. You're learning about hitting marks, right. working with other actors with dialogue. You know, just the simple things like. Where's your light? If you're not in your light, doesn't matter how good your take was, it's worthless. Yeah. So just getting those reps in of being on set, you know, on commercials where it's a little lower stakes, and then moving towards you know your first co-star roles on TV shows, and right. then you start to get the, you know, the guest star roles, and yeah. that's, I'm sort of at the point where I don't have those credits yet. I yeah. have a theatrical agent, but it's that ultimate catch twenty two where. You need credits to get credits. Yeah, it's, it's, so those it's, first ones, like you just have to be in the right place at the right time where right. the director sees you like, oh, that's the guy. That's right. like the You look like the guy. Yeah. You know? And it's like you have one line that anyone can say, but those, that's yeah, the problem. Yeah, anyone those, can say yeah, it. Yeah, those cool stars break you into this industry. Yeah. You see them more and more like those are the ones that yeah. break you in. And people who don't know a co-star is just like the smallest role you get on a TV Yeah, episode. usually on less than five lines. Yeah, it would be like the way to come and say do you want ice with that? Yeah. You know, you know or yeah. the bartender say like another one. And so something it's the hardest that, rules to get, but it's crazy how you could do a short film yeah. and be your lead in it. And then a co-star with like a big TV show and you just had one line mm-hmm. could bump you up into yep. this industry yep. and that's it. And, that's that breakthrough you're looking for, you know? Yeah. So I haven't gotten that breakthrough yet. And, you know, there's a part of me that's like, oh, I'll just, I like modeling. I like commercials. I like being anonymous. Right. You know, but it's also like, it's easy to say that when you, when you haven't been given the opportunity to be a (laughs) serious regular. Yeah. No, do I want to be, do I want anonymous or do I want to No, it's not for me. It's not for me. But like, so, you know. Serious regular is not for me. Yeah. No, I don't have the time. I like being anonymous. Yeah. I just live in LA to be anonymous. Oh yeah, so that that's about like 
I guess I'm only acting so I get more outside. We're like, I'm, out, I'm like dipping my feet into your shoes. Yeah. Um, and my modeling experience is I've never been on a runway, so it's not like I've been on a runway before. Have you been on a runway? Little bit. That's only one side of modeling. That's more right. New York than anything, more fashion. Right. Yeah, most of it's print stuff, like e-commerce, where it's just you yeah. in front of a white background. When you go to the Levi's website and you pick out a pair of pants, like the guy waist down who's wearing them, that... A lot of people make a lot of money just doing that, you know, wearing 60 yeah, pairs of pants. I actually bands. have to go to, I guess, it's like an ad agency or an agency. Mm -hmm. After this, um, you probably guys see me. I mean, it's me because we have the same modeling agent. Yeah. Um, I'm going over there to go drop my comp card there. Oh, for Prana? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see, like, I went there earlier and people were waiting for two hours. So Yeah, I, I just want to drop my, like at 4.30, you just drop my, yeah. my comp card. And there's, yeah, uh, it's a real cattle call. Yeah. Those ones are kind of yeah, so I'm, crushing. I've never done those before. Yeah. I've never done a cattle call before. Yeah. Um, but I'm down to do everything. Sure. And uh, try it out. And just get the experience of it. Yeah, you never know. Um, but yeah, just just getting into that that space, I've realized that just doing this e-commerce work, like you would not think like a regular Joe from Missouri yep. before you moved doesn't think of when I go on a website. That's actually an opportunity for work. That guy who I'm picking the clothes off of, yeah, yeah, that guy's getting paid, and that's he can make a living off of that. Yeah. Um, and in the modeling world, e-commerce work is really consistent. So right. if you get in with a client that likes you, you might be working with them three days a week, four days a week more, and they're paying you a good day rate as opposed to booking a job here, a job there, and kind of being a mercenary. You know, my friend, she did that for Zappos and bought a house. So like Jeez. that's like that kind of consistent work is what you really want in the model how do you, world. How do you get a relationship with somebody that they like you? Um, I mean, part of it is being good at what you do, knowing what they're looking for in terms, if it's e-com, knowing the tone of the website. Are people smiling? Are they looking serious? Like, well, how many turns are they doing? How much dynamic motion is there? That's one aspect of it. And the other is just, are you enjoyable to spend 12 hours with? You know, if they're going to fly you, like I go to San Francisco for Levi's a lot. And like, if they're going to fly you up there, put you up in a hotel, spend 12 hours on set with you, like, are you annoying? Are you nice? Do you say please and thank you? Do you, you know, do you like get snap at attention when they need you on set? You know, it's just being a good person and a good model. I think that's yeah. what it comes down to. And that's the basis of my podcast model behavior. It's like be a good model, but also just be a good person. Yeah. Let's talk about model behavior. And yeah. Like, I guess it's like a tutorial for the life for me. Cause like a lot of stuff you spoke about in your first episode, um, the girl that you had on the second episode. Steph, like, yeah. Steph, yeah. Right? Like you guys you guys knew each other. And mm -hmm. Just like get, getting your vibe and, um, and modeling. I feel like anyone who's moving to L.A. should listen to your podcast yeah. as well because modeling is a gap. If you get into acting, I mean, like modeling is a, is a way that you could just keep working and keep doing stuff um, and get it into e-commerce. And it doesn't matter how you look. I feel no. like everyone thinks that you have to no. have that chisel yeah. face. You have no. to have that everything. I mean, modeling is every, everyone from a grandma to a baby. You know, if you see an ad for a phone company, it's a family sitting on a couch, like enjoying their iPad. Every single one of those people is a lifestyle model who got booked from an audition or from a modeling agency. And yeah, it's a great side job. If you're trying to get into acting, you don't have to wait tables and you don't have to, you know, have someone cover your shift when you book a job or when you have to go to an audition, you know, you can pick up a job here and a job there and cover your rent and still be getting that experience on set, which reinforces what you're trying to do. Right. So I think it's a good, 
you know, it's, it's a hustle, but so is everything here. So right. what's a hustle that's going to help you in the long run? Right. What, what, what's the biggest hustle in starting off? Was it getting the shots, getting the agent? Yeah. What's, what's like the biggest hustle? Um, like I'm in it so where I'm to the point that, all right, I have shots, I have campaign stuff done. Yeah. And I feel comfortable where I, I'm earning decent money per month from modeling. But if I was just moving to L.A. like me, I got into it luckily. Yeah. But moving to L.A., what would be preparing myself? What would you tell me to prepare myself for if I was getting into acting and then modeling as a backup for income? What yeah. Would be the, what would be like the grind? What's so the, the hardest hustle is people are always like, do you have an agent? Like, have you gotten mm -hmm. an agent yet? Because an agent's who's going to help you get the big, like, you know, big day rate jobs. Mm -hmm. But there are ways to book work and start to build your portfolio without an agent. So you can go to websites like LA Casting or Actors Access, have a friend take a couple headshots of you in a few different looks, you know, sporty, business, casual, and then just start self-submitting to jobs. And there'll be jobs that are 200 bucks up to like national commercials that will cast looking for random people because they never know what they're gonna find. They wanna find the next like unicorn who just kills it in a commercial and then you know they don't have to pay an agency rate too. So you can start booking little jobs for yourself and some of those websites have an option where if you're unrepresented, you can be entered into a pool where agents can see you and you can get signed that way. But just getting that first kind of backlog of work and portfolio built up will drastically increase your chances of getting an agent in the long run and just booking more work as you continue. And there's plenty of people who do that full time, just find their own work or do it on the side of having an agency, you know? So that's a big part of it. And then the other part is the audition process because auditioning is not acting its its own skill set and figuring out what to do in an audition room, what to do in a callback room. There's just little tiny tricks and tips that can help you, you know, put your best foot forward. And some of that is classes and yeah. yeah. Do, do you plan like on your podcast show? Would you give? Do you give tips on like you're gonna plan to do that on yours? Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to help people with it because the auditioning process it makes no sense and you get no feedback. You know, you walk in, you're like, I killed it. I just had this audition for a Taco Bell commercial where they were looking for like a CW Riverdale type high school quarterback. So like we, want him, they're like, we want him to look That's too you. old. And I was like, I'm too old. And I look like an all American quarterback. And I walked in the audition and like our group was like vibing really well. And the scene went really well. And I walked it like, I was like, definitely call back, nothing. You know, and it's just oh, like, damn. but so you're like, what, how, how can I learn, you know, right. from my mistakes or did I make a mistake? Was I just, did they want a black guy? Like, I don't know. Yeah. So part of that is just, learning you never know you never, never know, know. Um, yeah i think like you might learn when you book something yeah. which is like tough to say because you're gonna book two percent yeah you're gonna do you you are going to do a hundred different auditions and castings oh yeah and you might <laughs> might it's crazy but it's like the odds yeah. are just not in your favor um they, they start to get in your favor i realized like end of like last year this is like in my first year end of my first year in la um i knew i, did, I knew how to get callbacks it sounds yeah doesn't yeah i i learned how to get callbacks i learned what they were looking for mm -hmm. i learned to pay attention while i was there yeah um and just listen, just listen to what they're saying, um, yeah. asking questions, being more comfortable in the room. Mm -hmm. Like when you get there, you don't, you're all tense. Like you have yeah. to realize, uh, the more I understood the business yeah. of it, of what they want and what their job is. And I had casting directors on here, had agents on my show mm -hmm. and we all, they all say the same thing. It's like, 
they are paid a job. So the casting directors are paid to just get that first yeah. good match. They want you to be the guy. They want so you do one take and he's like, just do it a little. He wants to help you. Right. He's giving you all the information you need. So if you listen to him and keep your face towards the camera because they need to see you, yeah. you know, it's not much more than that. Yeah, but some of us will be like, oh, I'm scared. I'm doing the wrong thing. Yeah, and it's you might not be doing the wrong thing. He might just be looking for a different angle. So right. When he sends it, the casting directors send these commercial auditions or these modeling auditions to the actual clients who hire them. Yeah. So they want the best footage. They want what they want. Right. Exactly. That's why it's funny. So I walked to that Taco Bell audition. I was like, that went exactly how I thought it should. <laughs> Nailed it. Didn't get it. But when I walk out of an audition where I'm like, well, there's no chance I booked that. I'll book it. Because and I've talked to other models and actors about this. It's something about how when you think it went the way you wanted, it doesn't mean it went the way it was supposed to go. Right. So when you walk out being like, what the fuck just happened? It means what happened was what was supposed to happen. You yes. just weren't sure of what they needed. Right. And they got it out of you right. and you book it. Right. And it's, I don't know how many times that's happened. And it's yeah. kind of drives me crazy, but it's pretty funny at the same <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. You know, I've, I need to go and check my... Uh, I get all the auditions and stuff. Yeah. I need to check. I'm gonna check it soon. Like what I did last year. I, I honestly think I did it was 365 days in a year last year. Yeah. I probably did like I would say close to a hundred or more audition yeah. lessons. Um and then closer to the end, I knew how to get a little bit more callbacks. Like I just knew how to dress. Mm -hmm. And then um I have a technique that I do where I have a list of um Facial expressions really? that I practice on my own. I think this is a lot of actors should do that. I'm gonna put it out there, but yeah. Um, even if a lot of commercials, they try to get emotions with no smiling with teeth. Mm -hmm. So they will tell you like enjoy it, but don't be like laughing with big teeth. Yeah, you know, and just sitting in the mirror in the bathroom and you practice some of those where it's like you're anxious. Mm -hmm. You open your eyes and they're like you practice that. When you get into the room and they tell you, I, I booked a commercial because they said make these subtle changes, mm -hmm. but I practiced that before. So you're like a mental mirror right. you could I look in. I just know, and they say yeah. anxious or he's like surprised, but it's not like over the top. It's just simple, subtle things because mm -hmm. on a commercial spot, it's 30 seconds. They don't have time for you to get up and be all anxious and surprised right. and then come back down. Yeah. It's just right there in your face. And it's if it's in a close-up, they don't want... I just did a commercial where we were shooting all day. I was working with a dog, like running around, and the final shot was an extreme close-up where I had to smile into the camera and the client's watching on the monitor and like they had such specific notes for me that I, I forgot how my face worked. <laughs> they're like, keep your eyebrow... Because my eyebrow always goes up and like... They're like, keep that eyebrow down, but smile, but no teeth, but maybe a little bit of teeth. And like, I, I just started being like, I don't know how to smile. Like, I can't do this. Like, yeah. So it's Smiling good. Yeah. It comes hard. Yeah. You know? So it's good to practice because then you know, okay, I know what that looks like. I've looked in the mirror and done that a hundred times. I can bang that out. Right. Because I know Jim Carrey, like, practiced moving every muscle in his face. And, you know, certain actors say, Anthony Hopkins says, like, just know how to use your face. Right. Because you don't have a mirror to look in when the camera's in your face, right. you know? That's yeah. smart. Yeah, so I, I, I practice those things, and I think that will help every, like, commercial actor. Um, it helps you not to freeze up, because yeah. you're going to freeze up when <laughs> yeah. you get into your, like, first 10 uh, auditions, yeah. and then they say, okay, act surprised, but then the dog is leaving, so no, you're sad, yeah. and you're like, all right, what's my sad, what's yeah. my... Yeah. Just, you, you need these tools. Like, those are the tools that you definitely need, mm -hmm. those tools, like... That making those expressions, you have to practice that in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, 
I would say when it's a season, when you when you see yourself going out a lot, practice that in the mirror, sit in the mirror, practice that in the bathroom yeah. every day. Like, no, like, you, you have to have, like, 10 expressions mm-hmm. that you could play with and you could do on the spot um, and change that. It's not so, you don't have to be loud and grand. And right. Clear. It's just right here, so because it's right. Here. Especially in commercial auditions, like we rarely have lines, we rarely right. have dialogue. Right. You rarely know what the scene is. You yeah, walk in and they just act through your eyes. Yeah, they, they call it the voice of God. The guy behind the camera is just like, okay, you're driving, you're driving. He's like, oh, there's a tree in the road. And you're like, how do you react to that tree? This is the first you're hearing of it, but right. also within the tone. You know, it's, there's a lot to right. think about. So right. practice makes perfect. And you would put yourself. So let's just say you were in a audition with like 300 actors yeah i guarantee you only like 30 40 of them are gonna have that switch up sure they're gonna and it'll just probably be the seasoned guys yeah they'll have the switch up um that would be able those will be guys who do like the car ads or the or the insurance ones or just people mm-hmm. who get like the national ones will be the guys who are used to like doing that switch up yeah and the newbies are just gonna be freeze up or like smile too much or like yeah, too big too much, you know so um and that's cool for like the mcdonald's like the mcdonald's and these things yeah. they might get a loud guy or like you know that happy big guy smile mm-hmm. um but the the main national commercials i feel like you have to have that switch up um, subtlety is key subtlety yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you watch these car, like being a car guy, like the guy in the Lexus, like they're barely doing anything. And it's yeah, just like that, very. That was actually me last year. Yeah. Good for you, man. That's the best. Yeah. I, it was, it was tough. Actually, I did on, on that set on Lexus, um, the director had, they had a, uh, a walkie in the back seat mm-hmm. and he was like, big smile, then smaller. Yeah. Then you're looking surprised. And this time I'm driving down a hill. They yeah. had a stunt driver teach me before. Driving down a That's hill, cool. smog in my face, camera right in front of it. I could barely see road. Yeah. But now I'm making these expressions of like feeling this. There's a whole team, production team watching it in Vilio Village. Yeah. Like 20 people down there. And I am just holding steady, not panicking, doing what I have to do. It's like 2 a.m. in the morning. It's cold. And, um, and that was for uh, probably six to ten seconds of tv time yeah two days yeah you know so um so when you are in that kind of situation i mean you have more of a trained actor background than right. i do are you relying on the fact that you know how to control your face or are you visualizing are you thinking the thoughts of the character what like what combination of tools are you using in a situation like that yeah i use my that technique i use mm-hmm. um to to get the clothes expression so i have that there so i don't know so i don't have to wait till i get on set to say to practice this is how i smile with no teeth <laughs> yeah you know i know how to smile before yeah. with no teeth right. i know how to look anxious without raising my eyebrows too wide mm-hmm. you know i just know the subtle thing so i have those tools i come on that set with those tools and then and then i would say as an actor i would then put myself in a situation uh i'm a method actor so i would think of times when I was super surprised. I would think of like, what would it surprise me? Yeah. So then I didn't get that, like this, this right here. You mm-hmm. know, like, and then I think of something that's so sweet. If I have to give like a nice, sweet smile, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll concentrate and I'm, I'm a professional. So I know every single take, I'm going to give it to them every single time. Yeah. But yeah, it's a combination of both. Um, and the hardest part was just being calm because I couldn't see the road, but they had smog <laughs> yeah. and the camera was right in front of me. And then the director is shouting in my car. He's like in the backseat yeah. on, on the walkie. He's like, yes, more of this, less of this, same thing as you were saying. And I said to myself when I was done, I think I was like, 
if I panic, like we would crash this shit, right? Yeah, now. you. I mean, <laughs> and part of that, that's so cool because you kind of feel like you're shooting an action movie, you know? I did. It's the same thing. I, I did. I did. That's I did. really cool. Yeah, <laughs> I did. It was, it was pretty cool. So that was like my take on, on, on that. So, um, yeah, just me grinding as a commercial model actor. Oh, commercial. Yeah. Model. It's all the same shit. All right. Yeah. 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 I was battling with you saying that I am not a model. Yeah. And you're like, you're a model. You're here. You're a model. Yeah. You're a professional. Uh, you're getting paid. I'm getting paid. So, yeah. yeah. I'll take it. I'll take the checks. Um, was life like, apart from, you know, you're a professional model. Mm-hmm. You know, that's your job. Um, What's that like stigma like apart from this? You go to like your girlfriend's family where they say oh, you're a model. Is it yeah. like a good feeling or like sometimes just being saying that you're not a nine to five job to like, you know, your girlfriend's family? Yeah. Or, or just sometimes you go to your family thing. Like that stigma sometimes. Yeah. It's like good and it's like bad. How you deal with like the bad part? I mean, peep, I come from, you know, I went to school in the Northeast in New England where like everyone's a lawyer, a doctor. Like I was talking to my girlfriend. She's like, how many of your friends are doctors? I was like, most of them. <laughs> like they're all in prestigious, right. you know, sort of normal jobs. And so there's an element of my job's cool. I'm a model. It's different. That's something they could never even imagine doing. But the other part is like, do I seem like I'm not putting my brain to use? And that's something that Steph talked about on my podcast where she's like, I hate saying I'm a model because it makes me sound like I don't use my brain. Yeah, I remember I said that. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I always have, you know, I have my, the book that I published a few years ago and I am just had an art show. So I'm always working on other things that sort of satisfy my need to be creative and to be intellectual. Um, because if I was just modeling, I don't think it would fulfill me. Um, and that's why I'm able to say I'm a model because when people ask what you do, they generally mean what pays your bills. And like my book doesn't pay my bills and my art sometimes pays my bills, but I don't know. I just, I have other outlets that I allow me to be confident in that I know I'm, you know, working to the fullest in every aspect of my personality and I'm not just this like vain, yeah. you know, fitness freak yeah. or whatever. Um, so that's what sort of keeps me going and allows me to be comfortable. But just seeing that like your model, like when people ask you, what do you do? I'm a model. Like, yeah, it's. I think you have to reach a stage of confidence to say that because everyone's next question is, what else do you do? Right. You know? Yeah. Like, always. What else? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't tell a school teacher, oh, what do you do? I'm a school teacher. Yeah. What else do you do? What else do you do? You yeah. know, I don't tell you that, but yeah. I could probably be making more than a school teacher makes. But no one says, like, you know, like, why Why do I have to get the second to follow Because m- most people aren't full-time models. Most people are Instagram models or their friends have taken some photos of them or they right. booked one job, you know. I think it's the same as acting. I think 1% of SAG actors are full-time actors. Mm. So I think it's the same with modeling. I think maybe 1% of people who have modeled or claim to be a model are actually paying their bills through modeling. Mm. So I'm sure actors get the same, like, oh, I'm an actor. If I don't know who you are, it's like, okay, like, what restaurant do you work at, you know? <laughs> Didn't I see you serving me coffee yeah, the other day? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because it's hard to, to make it that full-time thing. And it's again, it goes back to what my acting teacher said. He's like, you have to want it. If you don't want it, you're not going to have but it. But you said, you said to me when we were on set that you made that decision, like you wanted to be like a full-time model, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, that's tough. Yeah. And it took a while. I mean, I, you know, I was doing the freelance design stuff, booking jobs here and there, and it started to, they kind of got in the way of each other because I'd commit to a website design project. Um, 
and then it would get in the way of a shoot that came up and I couldn't deliver what I needed to for the website on time and also do the shoot. So I actually quit doing design. This was the biggest leap of faith I took. I quit doing the graphic design work, which pays well. And I started driving Uber and modeling because Uber gave me complete flexibility. And for a year, that was my hustle. And it just like filled in the gaps enough for me to take modeling full time. Yeah. So, but yeah. what, what pushed you to quit? Like, I feel like for you to quit, what was the factor? Like, there was something that pushed you to go to that next level. Because, like, taking that step of leaving that, yeah. um, like, there had to be something in there. Because some, like, I had the chance to work on a couple different jobs that were, I couldn't believe I was getting paid to do the things I was right. doing. And graphic design's cool, but at the end of the day, I'm designing a logo for a company I don't care about. Or mm -hmm. doing a, and I'm sitting behind a computer dealing with a client about, and he's like, change this, change. And I'm like, no, like my, I'm better at this than you. Stop telling me what to do. You just get frustrated. And then meanwhile, I'm booking jobs where I'm going trail running on Mount Shasta wow. or sandboarding in Death Valley, and I'm getting paid. And it's like, no, nah, how do you want to live your life? Right. What, what's going to fulfill you more? And so that's why I took the, the chance. So I guess you actually booking those jobs gave you confidence because you saw, you saw what the other yeah. side of the fence looked like. Yeah, and I met people like Zach, who was on my podcast the first episode, who was doing it full time. Right. And I was like, you know, this guy's really good looking. He's been at it longer than me. But if I put my mind to it, I'm pretty sure I can do it too. Right. So I guess when people listen to this, they yeah. can probably think that they can make that leap of faith. Or people listen to your podcast. Yeah. Um, it might give them inspiration to to do that. You think you think it's possible to become a full time model as well as have your graphic design job? You think that was possible or not? Maybe. I just I needed to I I don't do well with like a backup plan that's also a viable career. Like graphic design sort of made me happy and it played into my creative side and my talents with Photoshop and you know all that different stuff. But those things become very comfortable very quickly. And you, you're like, well, the modeling thing's not going that well, and I'm making more money over here, so I'll just skip this casting and work on this project. And that's why I switched to Uber, because like, I don't want to be an Uber driver. Right. That has no appeal to me. It just was a way to make flexible money, and then I could pour myself into the modeling. Right. So for me, I couldn't have done it. Right. And you know, my girlfriend at that same time, she is in a band now, but then she was working for a music management company. And she was, you know, on the way to being like an agent. And she liked it because it was close to music and it, you know, she got to work with cool bands and go to shows on the weekends and do research. But it was so close to what she really wanted to be doing and so comfortable. She's like, well, I guess I could just be an agent. She had to quit that job and start serving at a restaurant and go just like focus on being in the band. Right. Because otherwise, like that side, you see it all the time. People in LA who come here and they're like, no, I'll just get my real estate license. And then all of a sudden, you're a realist, realtor who used to act, you know? Yeah. So I think you have to be really careful with what your side job is because if it's at all enticing or comfortable, right. that hustle, that fire is going to be gone. Yeah, and that, that plays, I feel like you see in that end of it all because not a lot of people are going to taste that big job yeah. where they travel, they got paid to fly out somewhere. Most people are just going to get that $200 paid job yeah. in downtown to shoot for some small company or social media site right. or small business. And that's it. But when you taste that, I feel like that would push you to the next level. Or even hearing about Zach. And mm -hmm. I'm more and more, I lived in LA, meeting so many of you, the full-time models. Yeah. Um, 
which is like I thought was a unicorn, and now it's like becoming more and more common. There's like a horse. You were out there. It's like a white, it's like a white horse. Yeah. From a unicorn to a white horse. Yeah. And I see like these full time models and people doing cool stuff. And and for us, like I've been on cool jobs when I was like, wow, I'm actually just, the people are taking my photo. I never thought people would take my photo. Oh, so on. like post on their thing and do stuff like Idris what? Elba over yeah. here done. I mean I, I did like what they do and shooting like the W Hotel it was just like so yeah. cool I went to like Mexico and stayed on this resort and they're just taking pictures of me yeah. and I'm just having fun and it's like wow this is a Monday this is so cool and I think um, you don't yeah. necessarily have to get those big jobs like you don't have to fly to Mexico to get that taste of oh this is what it's going to be like because it scales up like the first job you book like the first job I did was you know, I made $500 and I was just running around a lake in LA. But the feeling I got when I went home with that check in my pocket, <laughs> it scales up. You know, that first job, you're like, what? Like, this is incredible. And if you have that feeling right. for your first job, the next job that's a little bigger, you're going to get even more. So I think it's just you have to be in touch with how it makes you feel. Right. And, and know that there is the possibility of those dream jobs because other people are, have done it. Yeah. And that will, that's what will drive you towards yeah. it. And, and what I think as well, too, is... You, you surround yourself with people in your industry and mm -hmm. you surround yourself with working people in, in your industry. Yeah. Even if it's, you can't physically be around them or whatever. Um, I think just getting on, even if you're an extra, just getting around, being on sets, yeah. getting into that vibe of being around models, being around actors. Even if you're, yeah. I think if you're a new actor coming to LA, you live you live in Missouri. Yeah, you're moving out there. Go be an extra. Sign do up. extra work. Absolutely. Do extra work because Get on set. Um, just being around that environment it gives you the inspiration to like want to make this something yeah. full time. Yeah. You see something, but if you're not around it and you're at home and you're just submitting only. You're not gonna get that vibe, and it's just like a. This is a real conversation. That's I'll tell you as real as it gets. You know, like you people, managers and agents will tell you in LA, don't go be an extra, whatever. I'm telling you, do it. Because yeah. They're telling you that because they want to book jobs. Well, job. they think you're gonna get trapped, and right. if you want to, people can make a six right. figures being an extra. Right. But it goes back to me being jealous I'm, of. I'm, the, gonna, I'm gonna bring an extra on here yeah. that makes six figures. I'm, that's yeah. what I'm gonna do. I'm they have cars it. that they use just for extra work. Right. It's a full time hustle, and. Right. It, if that's what you want to do, it's great. But like, okay. I got on. I did a couple extra jobs to get my first like union vouchers. Right. And like, you get on set, and yeah, you're just you know you have different craft services. They feed you bologna sandwiches. Like, yeah. But when you get on set and you see the principals running their lines, and you see you know David Fincher, whoever's doing the episode that you're on, like, if you feel that jealousy towards that person, you know you're in the that, right spot. Yeah, that's that's that feeling. Because you're not going to book a Scorsese feature. You're not going to fall into a dream job. Right. But you know it's there, and if you want it. That's what that feeling of like, oh, I want that. Like right. that's what you should follow. Right. Yeah. So, so as you said, take take the small jobs. Yeah. Take the take anything that you could small things that you could get. And some people are like, oh my god, I'm so picky. I'm, I don't want to do this. And if that's your vibe, you're not gonna make it out here. No, you're because it never gets. You're every day on it's a, you're still on set. If you don't like being on set because you're not famous yet, guess what? You're not gonna like being on set when you are famous. <laughs> yeah. You know, like people. You have to enjoy the day. Like most of being on a movie set is sitting in a trailer, sitting like you know under a tent, waiting to do something. If you don't like that at the base level, it's you're not gonna like it at the top. So get to yeah. Let me get in line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So so my podcast is called One Thousand Failures, and yeah. it's it's the angle that we are both prepared 
you and I, Michael and Darius, are both prepared to fail 1,000 auditions 1,000 times to get where we want to go. We are prepared to do that. Um, what was uh, one of the most like disappointing feelings, like a job that you wanted to get so bad, but then it pushed you to be to take you to that next level? Is there one job that you wanted to get so bad, hmm. you didn't get it, you didn't book it, or you were on a bill and they cancel it? Do you have that one failure or that one feeling? I mean, the biggest one I have doesn't have to do with modeling. So when I moved out here and I was working on the book I wrote and I quit the theme park design job to, to write this book and I published the book and then this producer found me and was like, I want to write this into a screenplay with you. And she's a big deal producer. And we right. spent two years working on this script and going back and forth. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is the story I care about most. Like, I'm going to get this movie made and nothing happened. It just like kind of fizzled. And I had poured so much of my like value into the fact that I had to get this done that when it didn't happen, I was kind of like, well, what else am I going to do? You know, I got nothing left in the tank. And then you just realize that just make something else. Like, and then I started working on the modeling stuff and poured myself into that. And so I think it's not one specific failure. It's just about getting, getting on with it. Like, I've, I've, you know, seen the callback dates come and go, like that Taco Bell edition. I know that those were last Friday. And like, I know I wasn't in that room, but it's like, I can't dwell on it. So I've had a thousand failures. Yeah. And the most important one that to me is the next one I don't care about, you know? Right. Because if you just keep caring about the failures, that's all you're going to be. It's a failure. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's not a great answer, but. No, man, it's real. It's yeah. real. It's real. And I feel the same way too. Like, I've, yeah. I've, given up on carrying on those those failures and yeah, yeah I did one uh, when was it maybe last weekend and I was like you look at the callback date and it's like alright uh -huh. I didn't make the callback date and and that's it and then we're on to the next like we live week by week yep. I think that's we both live week by week we, we live we don't know what our Friday is going to be like uh -uh. you know we don't know what our Wednesday is going to be like it's Monday now we have no clue. We just yeah. Ready. We're ready to go. I know what tomorrow looks like, and that's about it. Yeah, I know what tomorrow tomorrow. Looks <laughs> that's like. all. I need that's, one day. Just yeah, give me one, one day. One day that's, right. yeah. <laughs> that's that's why. Um, this is before we wrap up. Like that's yeah. why I was telling someone on a next level why, like dating in LA and just people are just so flaky. Mm -hmm. I think it's because we majority of us don't have that stable job where it comes into our bank account. Yeah, money comes into our bank account. It's we just don't know and we just get so used to not committing right people in LA just don't commit you were talking about that in New York where everyone knows they get off work at 5 I can right. get a drink with you at 7 right. in LA it's like nah, I don't know maybe yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah I'll meet let's, let's, yeah. Meet, let's meet for drinks and you never see somebody yeah. ever again in life yeah. some people I've met the first week I came to LA this is Two years now, I yeah. haven't seen for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. you know? And they probably live in this building. And they probably live in this <laughs> yeah. building. And it's, it's, it's so crazy. But we live this life, this rogue life. Yeah. Um, but to see that you bring some stability to it, you have uh, uniformity to mm -hmm. it, it's really remarkable. And for people looking at you, it's, it's amazing model Appreciate behavior that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. so talk about your podcast and yeah my podcast is called model behavior and it's just kind of what you said it's about i don't just trying to be a reliable good person because i think that's what gives you longevity in a town that's mm. so flaky or everyone's ready to jump to the next thing and commit like the grass is always greener and this person oh but then this girl on this app i'm talking to what if she's better and this i could book this job but what if i book that job and it's just like there's something to be said for picking a path 
and sticking to it and saying, I committed to this and this is what I'm doing. So I don't know, just be a good person. That's what model behavior comes down to. Hey, so be a good yeah. model, you know? So model behavior is, yeah. is I subscribe to your podcast. Yeah. It's pretty dope. Um, and I can't wait for the next episode. Awesome, man. Love it. Appreciate it, man. Right, man. Ooh. Cool. <laughs> hey, good. I got a little Cali one too. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yes, that was such an amazing episode. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for sharing the insights of the business, having everyone understand what really goes on, the stigma of being a male model, and um, and that being a model isn't only walking down a runway. So. Thank you, Michael, for coming on here, overcoming fear to becoming a professional model and just sharing your insights with everyone. Um, Michael's podcast, Model Behavior, is available on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. I listen to it and it's it's pretty dope, too. So sign up, subscribe to his own. And, um, and yeah, thank you, Michael. If you're listening to this podcast, all I ask of you is just to give it a rating or a review below. That helps me out, helps me bump up into the arts industry on podcast world. And um, and let's do this again. Episode 9 will be coming up soon next week Wednesday. Thank you. I'm Darius signing out.